when I was about 13, and again um, in 2010, I visited your great nation, your great mm-hmm. island nation. And when I was 13 particularly, but even when I was, how old was I, 28 in uh, 2010, I would see certain Britishisms that would make me chuckle. And I think we've talked about this before on this very program. One of my favorites was seeing toilets strewn across apartment buildings all over the country. Except it wasn't toilet, it was too let. Except my brain yep. never never allowed me to read it as too let. Because those are two words that you never see together in American English. You only see them stuck together with an I in the middle. So I saw toilets strewn across every apartment building, or flat building, I guess you would say. Do you call them flat buildings or apartment buildings? Flats. Okay, just the whole building is just called flats. Yeah, and then and then individually they're called a flat. Right. Okay. Right. Right. Okay. No, that's that's <laughs> yeah. fair. That makes sense. I can get behind that. Um, so anyway, so I saw you know toilets strewn across the the country. I noticed that it's not takeout, but what is it instead, Mike? Takeaway. That's right. So in the show notes, I bring all this up because in the show notes it says Mike just made a booking, and I don't yeah. know what that means. Does that mean that you? got an advertiser? Does that mean that you're going on a trip somewhere? I genuinely have no idea what this means, but I'm very intrigued to find out, especially because it is so important it went before the follow-up. I just changed the word for you. Uh, suddenly this all makes sense. Now it reads Mike just made a reservation. So where are you going? It's not where. It's not necessarily a where. It's, it's for a thing. So Oh, okay. Today is Tuesday the 22nd. Mm-hmm. What is it in two days' time? Thanksgiving. I'm doing Thanksgiving dinner again. Oh, you are? Oh, where were you? Yeah. Just talked about that on a podcast I listened to just today, and you said you didn't. You never got around to making the res- the reservation, and so uh, I, you thought you weren't going to be able to do it. But it turns out the place that I went to now has a couple of different locations, and the, believe it or not, they actually still have some a, f- a few reservations for Thursday. Mm-hmm. So we have a um, nine fifteen reservation uh, in the evening. At a place, yeah. My word, what time do you usually eat supper, dinner, whatever you call it? Mm, we actually very frequently eat around that late because Adina tends to work late and then she has to come home, right? Mm-hmm. So like that that's not an abnormal time for us. Uh, I have the menu. Oh, tell me more. So it's a, it's a set menu, uh, serve family style, three-course dealio. Uh, the starters are a butternut squash soup. Or the Big Easy Caesar salad. The name of the place is the Big Easy. There's gotcha. like we have a couple of them in London. Mm-hmm. The mains you can choose from a pit smoked turkey, very good. Which comes with cornbread stuffing, jazzed up gravy. I don't know what that means. Grandma <laughs> Emma's spirited apple and cranberry chutney, velvety mashed sweet potato, green bean casserole, and coleslaw. Oh, green bean casserole. I mean, mashed potatoes are my jam, but green bean casserole is something that I've just recently gotten into. Or you can do a lobster. Oh, lobster! Is it first lobster? Uh, whole fresh one and a uh, one and three quarter pound lobster, uh, whole lobster roll or whole lobster mac and cheese served with fries and lobster house salad. mac and cheese. Oh. Or you can do us if you're on the of, of the veggie uh, ilk. You could do a spiced black bean burger. Now I'll be going for the turkey. I'm I'm upset this time that there doesn't appear to be candied yams. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's basically all I ever want to eat for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I'm really sad to see that that's not on the menu this time. Yeah, I don't know if we ever really have... Can- I know what they are, but I, I very rarely eat them, to be honest with you. Oh, my God. 
So good. And uh, the desserts are the choice of key lime pie, homemade pumpkin pie, or pumpkin and Jack Daniels cheesecake. Oh, well, there's only one option on that list, and it's the last I'm really going to struggle between pumpkin pie and pumpkin cheesecake. Oh, no. Michael, the, the only answer, you, you, the only available answer the to you is the cheesecake. There is no question here. <laughs> so I'm really excited about this, and, and uh, me and Adina are going, and she mentioned it because she's always wanted to do it since that year that I did it. Um, so I'm really pleased that we're going to do it, actually. The... the I know the food from this chain is good, um, and we're going to a good restaurant in a good part of town that they have it. So uh, I'm really excited about this, actually. Oh, that's fantastic. I had, oh my God, maybe one of the best meals of my life last time. So that's really we'll awesome. be celebrating. So to that end, uh, I love my mother to death. She is a wonderful woman, um, and she has done an, an amazing job raising all three of her children. On the list of things that my mother does well, cooking is not on that list. She has an extraordinarily small repertoire of things she does very well, but that's about it. Most of the things I ate growing up came out of a box or a freezer or something like that. Um, so this year, we, we Aaron and I alternate years with our families. So one year, I guess so it would be even years, we are with my family for Thanksgiving, and then we're with her family for Christmas. Odd years, we're with her family th- for Thanksgiving, we're with my family for Christmas, and when when uh, when we can, we try to work my family in for Hanukkah. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't. Did I tell you that this year is our first year of alternation? Oh, no, I don't did think you know you did. that. No, I did not. This year, um, Adina is going to be spending Christmas with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because um, we will be traveling. I, I think this is the reason. Uh, she can correct me if I'm wrong. Because we'll be traveling uh, to Bucharest uh, early next year because um, Adina is going to be an auntie very soon. Oh, fantastic. Probably b- before Christmas, actually. But it was w- we decided that maybe we shouldn't go and crash that sure, whole sure. business. Uh, so we're going to go uh, for the christening. So, we- so we're going to be doing christmas here for the for the first time which is, i'm very i'm very 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 excited about that oh this time is the best time like it's intense especially and- because this is going to be the most boring christmas of my life <laughs> why is that because everyone's going to buy me things for my house oh that's true yeah it will be boring and but i be just useful. want lego <laughs> yeah, but- I get, so I get Lego every year, but I have been categorically told this year that I will not be allowed any more Lego for the house, which I understand, <laughs> oh but I goodness. want it. That's fantastic. No, I don't blame you. So, yeah, I, I think Aaron and I, our first alternation was when we were engaged, that first holiday season we were engaged. And mm-hmm. and I know I've lectured you a thousand times, and, and just for the listeners, I'll say it one more time. I cannot stro- I cannot stress enough that in my experience, this is the way to do things. You establish up yep. front, this is the way it's going to be. You guys get this year, the other guys get the next year, and then everyone's on the same page, and that's the story, and that's the story forevermore, because this becomes extra critical when there's little ones involved. And then you can mm-hmm. say, listen, guys, this is the story. This is the way it's been for years you're still on the same train you were always on. Get with it. Um, and actually, I'd like to plug another program on the Real AFM network. Um, on Bonanza, to, oh, I listened to it today. I think it was a day or two ago that you recorded. Um, Matt had made passing mention of how he and um, – is it Emily? Is that right, his wife? Yeah. Yep. Uh, he and Emily had set up their finances, and you had said that you were planning on doing the same or perhaps have already started doing the same. Um, he had said that they, and they're recently married, they put most of their mutual money into a joint checking account 
and, you know, maybe savings and other things as well. And then they siphon off just a little bit of money into individual accounts that they had before they got married. Cannot stress enough. I absolutely stand by that that approach. So Aaron and I, 98% of all of our money goes into a joint account. That's where every all, almost all of our expenditures come from. And then we put a little sliver off to the side for each of us for either gifts to the other or when I want to buy something really stupid and Aaron is like, you really probably shouldn't spend your spend money on that. Then, then my money, my account that gets the little pittance each, each month, that's my get out of jail free card. And I can say to her, eh, I'm just going to use my money and I love you, but you can't really argue with that. And she says, you know what? You're right. So I just wanted to plug that real quick. Yeah. We, I think we're gonna, we're gonna do something similar, but not exactly that. Like, well, sure, I think sure. we're, we're both planning on having all of our money come to us personally and then we will be siphoning off an amount for bills and expenditure mm-hmm. like i already have an uncomfortable amount of things throwing through that account like we haven't even moved into the place and we have a bunch of like credit notes and etc cetera, etc cetera, all going in there although currently just because the account wasn't set up when we applied for the mortgage the mortgage is set to come out of my personal bank account <laughs> which i'm super unhappy about <laughs> <laughs> we can change it but not until sure. after the first payment yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So anyway, so we got deeply sidetracked. But to come back to mm-hmm. Thanksgiving, um, so my mom, I love her to death. She's a great lady, not the best cook. And she has decided to punt on Thanksgiving dinner. And so there's a barbecue place near-ish to where they live um, called the Barbecue Exchange. And we'll put a link in the show notes. And they have a Thanksgiving menu. Um, and I, I, I'm probably overselling it. I think you make one choice in each category, kind of like what you said. So there is assorted house-made pickles, to start, which I'm not a pickle person, but whatever, uh, a bisque of roasted local squash and pippin apples, and I guess additionally a bacon cracker. And the cracker has air quotes or has quotes around it, which I'm a little confused by, but I'll roll with it. Uh, spinach salad with toasted walnuts, dried apricots, apricots, whatever they're called, and cherries and sherry vinaigrette. Then uh, next course is sweet potato biscuits. Hello, pumpkin muffins. Hello, and whipped honey butter. Hello, that sounds excellent. I'll take my carbs with carbs on the side, please. Uh, cider brined, uh, hickory smoked tom turkey, traditional giblet gravy, uh, barbecue exchange, which is the name of this place, sugar cured Berkshire ham, which is my way of doing Thanksgiving. I actually don't really care for turkey that much. I much prefer ham and raisin sauce. Then uh, the sides, Edna Lewis style, I don't know what that means, bacon cornbread stuffing. Oh Mm. my God, I'm ready. Uh, Honey glazed sweet potatoes, green beans and carrots, toasted garlic. See, honey glazed sweet potatoes, that's the kind of thing that I'm looking for. Mm -hmm. Cranberry orange relish, and then the the desserts, bourbon chocolate pecan pie, pumpkin pie, and cinnamon spiced whipped cream. Sign me up. I'm looking forward to it. From the analog program, we wish you all a very happy <laughs> yeah, very big true. eat day. Yeah, that's very true. And, and all kidding aside, uh, I, we, uh, I know I speak for Mike in saying I hope that regardless of your nationality, that you are able to spend some time with your family either now or or soon, uh, and that and that if you happen to be American or or British, that it's not too destructive, since both of us have had some tumultuous times this year. We'll get to that later on. Indeed. All right. So tell me about, we have some follow-up. Tell me about this magazine stuff that we discovered uh, last episode. (laughs) So remember we spent a bunch of time on the last episode trying to confirm the exact issue of which to order because magazines do that thing where Mm -hmm. they're like, the August issue comes out in October. Mm -hmm. So I ordered, as 
we double checked, right? Like I ordered everything correctly. I, mm-hmm. I even did the thing cross referencing the PDF with the front cover. Um, I got sent the August issue of stuff as requested, but the August issue is actually what's labeled as the July issue on their website. Delightful. So I contacted them and they said, yeah, we know. We're sorry. We're going to send you two in the post. So this morning, oh, actually, the the, uh, the actual August issue arrived. Ah, excellent. So they, they've got them num- they've got them named and numbered wrong on their website. But it le- but they didn't charge you again for it. No, because they were like, "We know, we're so sorry. Like this happens all the time. We're going to send you two in the post." <laughs> so they came today, which was great. Uh, yeah, that's really awesome that uh, that they sent them to you without demanding more money. Because most American businesses would be like, Psh, "You should have you should have double checked again. That's on you." No, so. but like it, it, there was literally nothing I could do. Like it, sure. the 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 issues are just labeled wrong. Like it is like a fault in their system. There is no amount of checking that I could have done. That wouldn't stop an American company from being jerks, but still, I guess so. No, that's really so. Awesome. Yeah, I have I have two copies, and it, I opened it up today, and it was awesome. Uh, and our little artwork was there towards the back pages. So uh, I have a copy for you, which I'm going to send. Oh, to thanks, you. buddy. That's delightful. So we're in a real magazine. That's super cool. Um, I hear that you have a a little bit of studying to do, except maybe not. So the Duolingo Romanian to English course has now uh, entered beta. This is a long time piece of follow up from way back in the annals of uh, analog history. The analog, <laughs> the annals log, the annals logs. Um, so basically, I've you know expressed a desire to want to learn a little bit of Romanian so I can try and maybe even slightly catch up with uh, Adina's mother, who has learned a shocking amount of English, um, in a good way. As in, like I just, mm-hmm. I just, she, she knows way more than I think I could ever catch up. Uh, but I want to try and learn a little bit because I think it's the right thing to do. And I was waiting for Duolingo; they were working on a course. It took them way longer to implement this course than expected. Uh, I got an email saying that the course is now available, uh, but it's not available in the app, and that is coming soon. And I mean, I can start taking this on the web, but I really want to take it in the Duolingo app. That was the whole point of waiting for Duolingo in the first place, because they have this great app and system and system of reminders and tasks and things that you undertake. Uh, So I'm going to maybe leave it just a little while longer to see what updates occur on the page, like the, the kind of the official Romanian to English page. Um, and it, and if nothing seems like it's happening, then I guess I'll just have to 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 take it in the in the browser. And also as well, this gives me just you know let's be honest, this gives me just a little bit longer uh, to put it off. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, although you should probably get on that sooner rather than later, like you said. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> fair you enough. Never learned another language. It's difficult. I hate languages. I hated languages in school. Me too. I'm terrible with them. An important piece of follow-up that we need to discuss, there's a new television show in town. Mm-hmm. So I've probably spoken ad nauseum on this program and certainly on Neutral and ATP about my love of the TV show Top Gear, the British, the, the BBC TV show Top Gear. And I believe we spoke about on this very program uh, when there was a, what, how do you pronounce it? Fracas? Is it a fracas? I always get it wrong. Fracas. 
Okay. Well, anyway, there was an issue with uh, the the arguably main host of the three host uh, trio that is that 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 was Top Gear, and. There was a year and a half or something like that where there was no new television from them, and it was a very sad and dark time in my life. But this past Friday, well, actually, by the time most people listen to this, two Fridays ago, uh, the Grand Tour, which is their rebooted Top Gear that is airing only on Amazon Prime Video, uh, it has... The the first episode is out as we record, and the second episode will be out as most of you listen to this. So everything is right in the world once again. I loved it. Me and Adina watched it together, and we loved all of it. Um, I, I seem to be the only person out of all of my friends that enjoyed all of the show. There seemed to be <laughs> a lot of people who did not like the, the kind of um, comedy-written tent sections, but mm. both me and Adina were laughing our butts off at those points i really wonder if there may be some kind of like specific british humor that they were tapping into yeah that, i was thinking the same i thing. get and that adina gets because she's lived here for so long um i don't know but i thought it was hilarious like we would the parts that you guys were rolling your eyes at like i was like genuinely out like lolling about you know this was <laughs> this wasn't just like oh this is funny like no we there were there was like there was outward laughter in this house um, audible laughter, I should say. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I, and that was from both of us as well. That, that I think that was actually the stuff that Adina liked the most. It's funny because I thought, so There, uh, this is at worst extremely light spoilers. Um, I, I thought that the part with regard to the Air Force, I thought that was funny for a second and I thought oh, it went no, that, way too long. That was funny for me because it kept getting built upon and built upon. I mean, I, I understood where they were going for. I just didn't think the execution was good. And similarly, the shtick with the celebrities, and I will stop it at that. They're all stop that the description was of that. Maybe my favorite part of the episode. Oh, I'm I not even it was kidding. So like, cheesy. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. Now that being said, um, I did write a post about this, which we'll link in the show notes. Um, I have only watched the episode. I would say basically twice and once straight through, and the second time in bits and pieces over the following several days. That being said, I have watched the opening, I don't know, a couple of minutes, probably 10 or 15 times. And every so time, good, every time it gives me chills. Like the first time I was just excited to see it. And every time I watch it, it just makes me so friggin' happy inside. It, it's so stupid. Like this is a stupid show with stupid hosts about stupid earth killing cars. And yet it makes me so unbelievably happy inside. And the way they did the opening was just utterly perfect from the very first frame until the very last frame of the opening sequence. I thought every ounce of it was perfect. There is a reason that their version of Top Gear was the most popular TV show on the planet. Yeah. Like, there was a reason. Because the three of them, they just have that thing that makes them entertaining. Like, there is one thing that I am worried about with the show, and uh, it didn't really come to fore too much in the episode, which is... um, did they need the constraints at the BBC? 
Yeah, I can understand that. Not to turn this into like a connected or an ATP, but it's like, you know, does Johnny did Johnny Ive just lose his editor? You know what I mean? It, yeah. I I totally understand. There were a couple of jokes, especially in the opening section, that they wouldn't have been able to get away with and were doing just because they could. <laughs> and I will ex- I will I will accept that in the first episode just to kind of make the point and tie it together with the opener. Mm-hmm. Um but that there were like as part of those jokes was also the the secondary joke of you still can't say that mm-hmm. right like so i'm hoping that whilst they are like as as clark said on the internet which you know so it is a little bit looser i think as to the rules and especially because it's not the bbc i mean they could have got away with a lot of that sort of stuff and a lot of stuff that they wanted to get away with on other channels mm-hmm. um i'm still hoping that the huge contracts that they have um both monetary and i'm sure clause wise will restrict them in some areas from maybe going in areas that they would maybe want to go especially clarkson because he is a bit of a vulgar human being um, as entertaining as I find him, and I know you find him, but he's not the greatest person in the world. No, he can be vulgar, and he's and he's tasteless. Um, so I really hope that he has constraints upon him uh, to keep that stuff in check. Yeah, I agree. And uh, you know, it was funny because at first I was waiting for them to drop like an f bomb or something like that, and I believe they said the s word at one point. They did, which I was like, oh, like it was a it was a visceral shock to me to hear it. <laughs> well, and the funny thing about it is I was I was actually kind of amped as someone who generally speaking uses the F word like a comma. And I'm not proud of that. It's just the way it is. Um, I I was amped to hear them without censorship of, of, of expletives. And after I watched the episode, my first reaction was, oh, that was kind of disappointing. And then I thought about it some more and I thought, you know what? It's probably for the best. It's the same way that this show is. You know, it's the same, it's the same reason that you and I bleep things is because we want to be we want to make it possible for younger ears or sensitive ears to listen to us, even if most don't choose to do that. And so that's why we bleep things. And I and I would suspect they did it for similar reasons. Yeah, they, they bleep the F-bomb even right. on the Amazon Prime show. Right, right. Yeah. Um, but there are a couple of words that they're letting out that the BBC wouldn't let them let out. Yeah, exactly. And same on most broadcast television here in the States. One final thought about this. Um, at one point, I don't remember why. I think I just really wanted to um, watch it again. I, I watched the opening and Declan was awake. And we typically, if we have the television on when Declan's awake and nearby, generally speaking, we're playing like a concert video. So really what what we're doing is we're listening to music. And just so happens there's a video component. Well, it, I watched the opening and... It was such an unbelievably awesome parenting moment because here it was, we were sitting on the couch and, you know, he was kind of half watching. So I'm sitting on the couch and I pull him up into my lap and we watched like the first 10 or 15 minutes of the show, which I probably shouldn't have done, but I didn't care. And here it was, it was me and my son sitting down and watching, you know, the Grand Tour Top Gear, if you will. And and afterward, you know, I told him, okay, we should probably be done now. Then he does the the sign, the sign language sign for more, which we had taught him when he was super little. And he says, more cars, more cars. And that little voice, and oh my God, it killed me in the best possible way. It was so adorable. <laughs> so you spent the next six hours. Son, I'm going to gonna teach you about Top Gear. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, no, I've, I've tried to resist, but no, it made me so happy. And in the show, in the episode made me so happy. I had my problems with it, and that's covered in the uh, post. It's mostly what we've already spoken about. But but I thought, by and large, it was fantastic, and I am so genuinely, viscerally happy that that 
that these guys are back in my life. And on the one side, I think it's absurd to get this happy over a television show about cars of all things. That's really just three dudes it's messing not really about. about cars. Well, though. I know I agree, but it's, it's stupid to get this worked up about a TV show, but it really does make me that happy and I'm so excited for it. Yeah. I, uh, I'm very much looking forward to watching subsequent episodes. Yep. Me too. I'm, I'm so stoked. Uh, you know what else makes me viscerally super duper happy? Tom Ben does. Tom Ben, Tom Ben are back to sponsor. This makes Casey happier more than anybody else. This oh, week's so episode true. of Analog is brought to you by Tom Ben. Casey, just just talk about Tom Ben. Yeah, you know, I don't usually do ad reads on any of my programs, and and I don't have any uh, points in front of me, so this is going to be completely ad lib. But I I kid you not, I freaking love Tom Ben stuff. Um, I. I think I am afflicted with the must buy must buy bags uh, uh, illness. Uh, Aaron only has a couple of purses, and really, for the most part, is is not the kind of person to want to collect them. I, however, would have a laptop bag and probably an iPad bag for every day of the week if left to my own devices. Um, I freaking love their stuff. It's always built well. It's always designed well and super intelligently. Like, for example, I have a a co-pilot, which is like a sort of kind of a man purse, if I'm honest with you. But I use it if I'm traveling and don't have my computer with me. So it's perfect for like an iPad or, you know, a couple of hardcover books or something like that. But it's not big enough for most laptops. Well, anyways, on the front of the co-pilot, there's a a zippered section where you can put a bottle of water. And Tom Bin is so darn smart, and I say that both the guy and the company, uh, that they have a little grommet at the bottom. So if something were to spill, as maybe I've done from time to time. You spill water? I know, right? Uh, If something were to spill, it will just drain right out that grommet right in the bottom of that section. No harm, no foul. Delightful. Just wonderful. That's genius. It's, it's so that's, smart. That's genius. This stuff is built so well. I have been using um, the, the Tom Pilot, uh, Tom Pilot, the Tom Bin, um, uh, shoot, what is it? The Cadet? Uh, I'm drawing a blank. I think that's right. The Tom Bin Cadet. Uh, it's a laptop bag. I'm almost positive that's right. Uh, and I've been using that as a laptop bag for maybe a year now. And I put I did a review of it, like completely unsponsored review on my website, just because I love the thing so darn much. Uh, and it looks like it's brand new to this day. And I've been using it. I'm carrying it every day for for a year. Uh, I could not tell you, I cannot effectively describe how much I love their stuff. I genuinely have been looking for a reason to visit their showroom. Um, I believe they're out of Seattle to visit their showroom in order to just spend like a day there. And and I think Aaron is dreading that moment because it <laughs> will come at some point and it will be terrible for her, but wonderful for me. Except I'll be broke afterwards because I'm going to buy all the things. So yeah, buy yourself some Tom Bin stuff. They make all sorts of things. They make little teeny tiny uh, things that you can put in your laptop bag. And if your laptop bag isn't a Tom Bin bag, to carry like your lightning cable and an HDMI cable. And then they make humongous suitcases and everything in between at all sorts of price points. I cannot tell you enough how great their stuff is. If, if it's the holiday season coming up, just hypothetically, and you have someone that carries things in your life, just hypothetically, check out Tom Bin. It's good times. I gotta say, just real quick, after hearing you talk about Tom Bin so much and mm-hmm. your like, if you seen your love for them, I bought a Ristretto, which is their their iPad kind of shoulder yeah, bag. Yep, yep. I cannot believe how much stuff this thing fits. Mm-hmm. So currently, my Ristretto, I've been using this back to go backwards and forwards between the house and the flat. I am able to take in there um, my gimbal, my Osmo gimbal thing, which is not a small piece of technology. 
Uh, I've been taking um, a gorilla pod as well. Just, I leave that stuff in there just because whenever I go out to do any kind of video stuff, I always take the, the Ristretto with me. I've also got in there right now um, some headphones, my iPad 9.7-inch Pro with the Logitech Create case on it, my MacBook Adorable. I have an iPad charger with the big brick on it. I have the MacBook charger with the big brick on it, an external battery pack, a power battery pack, um, two pens, and two notebooks. It's insane how much stuff you can fit in this. This is an iPad bag. <laughs> that is what it is made to be for. Yep. And you're able to get all that in there. It's, it really is kind of incredible. So Tom Bin bags are made in the USA. To order now, go to TomBin.com. That's T-O-M-B-I-H-N.com. Tom Bin. Lifetime guarantee. Superior construction. Thoughtful design. Thank you to Tom Bin for their support of Analog and Relay FM. So good. I, I could talk about, I could do an entire podcast about the three Tom Bin bags I have because I love them so darn much. I swear they're cool so it. good. Tom Time. <laughs> Tom Time with Casey. Tom Time with Casey. I, I, let's ship it. I'm ready. All right. So, um, you know, I've avoided talking about something because I just, I don't think it's that interesting. And we, and we've, we mm-hmm. haven't really talked about it that much. So I don't know why anyone would be interested in it. But I guess like how stuff happened. How stuff happened. I'm so excited. I was just kidding before. I'm really so excited. So you are a you are a homeowner as we speak. Oh yeah, I guess so. How crazy is that? Congratulations, my friend. This Thank has been you. only it feels like it's been three years in the making, even though it's only been what, like eight weeks or something like that? But it's it's three months. It's a good three months at this point, I think. Oh, so good. I'm so excited for you guys. How is it? So it has been kind of crazy. Right, like to I don't know to like to go through this whole process. So, what we hoped would happen last time did happen. Right, we we got the keys, everything was set, we own the place. Right, like we it's done, we own it. So since then, um, it's painted, fully painted now. Oh, excellent! Uh, all of the yeah, that's that's all done. How the did you pick out the colors? Adina just chose them. Oh, I'm so jealous because we, Erin, over the summers when she was working, would paint, you know, room by room by room in the house and, and has done most of the rooms in the house. But she, it was almost impossible for her to paint only because we could never agree on a color, not because we fought about it. It's just that we could never narrow it down to one particular color. I'm so jealous that Adina had the, the, the I don't know what word I'm looking for, but the definitive nature to say this is the one or these are the ones, I guess. So what, what we kind of did was um, we looked at some things online, looked at some colors and like looked at some kind of mood boards or whatever, like, you know, just like on some design blogs and stuff like the type of, type of things that look good in a room right now. And then we used, uh, there is a paint company called Dulux, D-U-L-U-X. And they have an app that will let you do kind of AR to put the colors on the walls. Oh, that's pretty cool. Did it work well? And you can do it. It worked pretty well. You can do it live or you can take a photo. I mean, and none of this stuff is ever going to get you complete. Sure. Because however it looks, this is however it looks. Um, But... We chose a bunch of colors, and we chose like a bunch of colors. We have like different colors in every room. Um, we just decided to just go for it. Like, why not? And we're really, really happy with how it's turned out. I have um, Mega Office. Uh, three of the 
walls are a light grey, and then one wall, the main wall, is a. Uh, is is the closest I could find to the real AFM blue. <laughs> nice. Which is a colour that I really love. Um so I'm happy I got that. It's like a real dark, like deep blue. We have um light grey in the in the front room. We have a purple in the kitchen, which is amazing. It's completely transformed the kitchen. We don't want to get it changed at all now. Like we wanted to have the whole kitchen redone. But now we have absolutely no intention of it because it just looks so good. So I'm sorry, the purple was already there before you got there? No, no, this is all new paint. We okay, painted okay. every room. Oh, every single room? Every single room. Okay. Uh, the hallways are kind of an off-white. The bathrooms, we have a bathroom and an ensuite. They're both white. And then the bedroom is like a gray and yellow. Oh, cool. Like uh, half of the walls are yellow and half of the walls are gray. Um, it's come together really, really well. So we're really happy with that. Like the, the guys that we had in um, were just amazing they changed all of our light bulbs, all of our spotlight bulbs for us to LEDs. Oh, that's so expensive at first, but it saves you so much money over time. No, no, no. We had um, – they, they could take LEDs. They just changed the bulbs. Right, right. But, well, last I'd looked anyway, uh, the LED bulbs were still a fortune, I thought. Oh, no, man. These were like a couple of pounds each. Oh, wow. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not really a thing anymore. Like, it, it used to be. You're right, but it's not now. Cool. Um, so, so it was basically just a case of we have like – 24 of them mm-hmm. and he was just like i'll get you some if you want i was like great like do it like <laughs> to save me doing that would be brilliant and uh he changed uh, a couple of plugs in my office to to be uh plugs that have usb ports in them nice which is great i'm really excited about that so they were they were amazing they did a great job they did it in like five days two guys they just nailed it so that's great um we had to have a ton of plumbing done unexpectedly we had to have our, our boiler replaced which is um referred to as a hot water heater i think in the states uh in a lot of places not everybody understands what i mean when i say boiler yeah. so that we had to have that done and that was um that was a significant expense that we were not expecting like seriously significant uh so that was unfortunate that was that's the bad thing that's happened really but you know what's good though mike you can buy a cortex t-shirt these days <laughs> you know what? I was I was wondering what to mention it, but yeah, you can. We're selling Cortex t-shirts right now, uh, explicitly because it would be really nice if I could recoup some of the funds for my uh, plumbing. Uh, you'll find links in the analog show notes for the Cortex t-shirts. It is a great t-shirt, just FYI. And there is a, a tiny little house on the back of it. That's pretty Right on awesome. the very top. That's awesome. So you know you've got the Cortex Cottage uh, <laughs> version. We have US and EU distribution. That's fantastic. Yeah, so Thank go you buy for that. Yep, go buy yourself a T-shirt and make Mike happy and Adina as well. Yeah, it will make us very happy. Um, where was I? Uh, so, so yeah, plumbing work. The plumbing's done. The plumbing is all done. The thing is, like, yeah, it was an expense that we really didn't want to have, but now we our plumbing will probably be majorly fine for the whole time we're there like we may have to have little bits here and there done but we had to have so much work done that we're it's unlikely that we will need any of that work done because there's nothing really to wear anymore <laughs> like the wear and tear i mean okay so i mean like the the general wear and tear that that these things were under well that's all been dealt with right like nothing had been changed in 10 years in this place. Right, right. Um, and now we've just had a, a, a lot of the most important parts replaced. So my hope will be that, you know, I'm sure there'll be little things that will happen every now and then and we'll have to get someone to come in and deal with it. But 
um, I, I I would expect that we're going to be good. And everything, all the work that they've done is insured for a year. So if anything does go wrong in that time, which was due to faulty parts being placed or anything like that, that's all taken care of. Um, but yeah, it was uh, eye-watering. But such a, such is life. Uh, we what else have we done? We've arranged for flooring, so we've we've chosen our flooring. But unfortunately, that isn't going to be done for a few weeks. We ideally Come wanted I. that done now, so mm-hmm. we could move in. Uh, but we that's not going to be done until the middle of December. Oh, that's so. Thanks. Yeah, so there's a few things about that. One, that's just freaking annoying because we can't really buy any big furniture because the flooring needs to be put in. That apparently the the people will move a few items, but not a lot. What they won't move is a fridge, which is the one thing we need moved. So we're going to have to find a way to deal with that situation. Um, But the other thing is, we're not actually 100% sure when it is we need to leave this house, but it's basically around that time. So I think worst case scenario is we will just be kind of like kind of living out of boxes for a little bit of time Mm -hmm. maybe without a fridge but like for like a week or two at most Mm -hmm. uh yeah because we need to get rid of basically we're replacing our fridge anyway um and now we kind of want the old one to go because of the furniture that the carpet carpeting people the flooring people will move one of those things is not a fridge they will not move fridges because fridges are delicate and if you break them etc etc um so we need to get rid of that i mean so like you, you can live without a fridge right like for a week like you can find ways around that um it's possible you just kind of just have to bu- eat what you buy that sure, day kind sure. of kind of thing which is doable like we can do all of this but it's ideally this would be done and then we would move in and that is still there is still an outside chance of that happening right now we don't know what the exact date is but we know it's around that time and we should have clarity of that date within the next week or so um so fingers crossed but you know worst comes to worst we'll just have to live out of boxes and then me and adina will just have to take the day that day to just be moving stuff around people you know (laughs) Fair enough. So, have you slept there yet? Tomorrow night is actually our first night sleeping there. Oh, that's um, exciting! Because Thursday and Friday is our, our broadband is being uh, installed in two steps. Oh, that's peculiar! And what kind of broadband is it? We're getting fiber. Ah, oh, fantastic! Do you know how fast? It's amazing. Uh, Eighty down, twenty-five up, something like that. Good for you. That'll that'll be like yeah. a breath of fresh air. Oh, we're so excited, man. That's so awesome. We're already talking about all the things we're going to download. Oh, yeah. It's so true. Like, there have been numerous occasions. In fact, just earlier this week, I had uh, recommended a show to you, and I wanted you to download it. And I don't know if you have or not. It doesn't really matter. No, I, I haven't okay. because I can't. Well, there you go. Because the, the download <laughs> yeah. was like three gigs. And I thought to myself yeah. as I'm as I'm setting, or sending this link to, to Mike, there's no way he's going to download this until he's moved in. Three because- gigs is too much for me to try something. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have to already know I want to see that thing, like for sure, mm-hmm. other than just like Casey thinks I might like this. Sure. You know, but uh, it's going to be, okay, this is like the firstest of first world problems, but it's going to be a real quality of life change for us because we're just not able to really enjoy the internet <laughs> in, in the way <laughs> that everybody else is, you know? Right. Like, 
there, there will be times where literally, like I'm not, I'm not kidding. We will be watching a YouTube video. Adina opens Instagram, and the video stops playing. Seriously? Because it's because it's loading Instagram photos. Oh my goodness, that's insane. Yeah, it's it, it can be bad here because you know as I've mentioned before, like the best kind of speeds that we can get um, on our regular internet is like eight down, one up. That's that's kind of on a on, on a good day. Golly, uh, which is enough to stream video. Like it is enough to stream video, but not uh, high quality all the time. Uh, quite frequently, can be buff- buffering. And as I say, if you do anything else, it will it will kill it. So we're looking forward to that. But anyway, they they do a thing which I think is so annoying, where they deliver the equipment one day, and then come and install it the next. That's so silly. It's like why don't they just bring the equipment with them? And like there are there the reason that they give okay is a reason that they give. It's like that the delivery and the installation are done by two kind of separate companies that are owned as a whole subsidiary type thing mm-hmm. but it's still freaking annoying um and then also they sent me this email today and they're like we believe there's a phone line access point somewhere in your building you need to find out where that is oh like, super all right well i know nothing about this building so i'm gonna go find the man uh have i told you about the man in the clock tower before no i don't think so i don't feel like i've heard this on any of your shows either we have a um the place that we're living in is like a a cluster of buildings and there is a a clock tower in the middle of it and the clock tower has in the bottom a little office um, and inside that office is a caretaker so there really is someone in the clock tower there's a man in the clock tower that's Surprising, but he's awesome, and his name cool. is Bob. Bob. And I've already dealt with Bob a bunch because we needed some parking permits and stuff for the people coming around, and they needed an extra key, and Bob helped us out. So tomorrow um, or Thursday, I'll go talk to Bob and say, "Bob, I've got the BT man coming. Where is the access point?" And he'll say, "Let me tell you," and then we'll be all good. Because I basically, if Bob doesn't know, nobody's gonna know. Like it is <laughs> Bob's job to manage the buildings. That's what Bob does. Bob the building um, builder. Yeah, and we we pay for that, right? Like we pay uh management company fees and the management company one of the things that they pay for as well as the general upkeep is also Bob. Fair enough. And Bob is awesome. And also a security guard in the evenings, which is really nice. So when is he not working? Well, no, Bob isn't a security guard. Oh, 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 oh. I'm with you. There is a security mm-hmm, guard. Mm-hmm. Like who kind of patrols the area and stuff, which is also another nice thing. Um, and I was in the house the other day, and because uh, I've been spending a lot of time there, Casey, mm-hmm. more time than I wished, because I've just <laughs> been sitting and waiting for plumbers to do their stuff. But um, the podcasts have all week. sounded sounded good. Have you recorded? Because I haven't recorded from there. Yet. Okay, okay, that's what I was about to say. I was supposed to, but then the plumbing situation required more of my attention uh, than, than mm-hmm. was what was expected. Uh, I will be recording from there this week. I will be recording at least one show there this week. Fair enough. Um, provided that the internet holds out, because I'm using my LTE guy, but I actually don't get good cell reception in the flat, which is hilarious. Oh, of course. Because I have to have something connection-wise. I mean, that one is 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 beatable, right? You can get those little um, femtocells or quite frankly, I don't think we're going to need it because we, we're both on a network that supports Wi-Fi calling. 
Sure. And we're going to have great internet. Mm-hmm. And I can get 4G. I can get LTE, but it's just a little spotty. That's a pain in the uh, head, though. So we'll see how that goes. I think it will be fine. I think it will be fine. Like I, I was watching streaming videos and stuff. Like I think it will handle a Skype connection. Um, and if it doesn't, then I'm just going to call. I'm just going to call them on the telephone. <laughs> like via Skype. Like, you know, you right, can right. do like the calling thing. I'll mm-hmm. just find a way to do that. We'll find a way to make it work. So you're going to be in the house for the installation process. So that's two days you'll be there? The delivery, then the installation. Yeah, I'm going to be there for the most, the, the most of two days, I think. Which is going to be weird because we don't have any furniture. So you're just going to use like an aero bed or whatever? Yeah, we have an air bed and we have this like weird table and chairs which was left from the previous people, which I wanted to get rid of, but now I'm so pleased we didn't because otherwise <laughs> the two and a half days that I spent in the place, like I would have just been sitting on the floor. Fair enough. Um, and also that's what I'll probably be using to help me record with the recording. Right, right. Um, but I do wish that I had a, a nice chair. I think this weekend uh, we're going to go to Ikea and I'm going to get my desk. Nice. I'm getting a sit-stand desk. I was going to say, I thought I heard another uh, episode of another program that you're getting a, a standing <laughs> desk, and that that's awesome. I I have um, this thing that you can place on a traditional desk that, that you put your monitor and your, and, you know, your computer on and whatnot, and then the whole assembly can stand up, and that's what I use at work, and I love that thing. So uh, that, that's, really, that's even better that you're getting a, a proper sit-stand desk. Let me tell you one story, and then we can move on. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm ready. Which is uh, it's, it's a story of despair. Oh, uh, uh-oh. <laughs> but it's all okay, I think. We order a sofa. Mm-hmm. Now, we have grand like ideas for what we want our sofa to be. We want a huge sofa, a huge corner sofa, which is also a sofa bed for when we have people to stay. Oh, that's got to be cheap. So that was going to go in our front room, and uh, there is a, there are a few... Um, Furniture companies here that do interest-free credit. Mm-hmm. You familiar with interest-free credit? Yeah, so I've never done it, but my understanding is you give them little to no money up front, and mm-hmm. as long as you pay them relatively briskly, like in the span of a year or two or something like that, then you have ev- you have effectively paid no additional money than if you had just paid them up front all at once. So we're doing our our sofa and our flooring with this. The sofa we're doing over a year. Uh, the flooring we're doing over three years just to keep the payment small. And the interest-free credit, we just pay them every month. Like, fine. Uh, we were going to pay for both of these things up front, but plumbing happened mm-hmm. and uh, took all that money away. Um, so we... Uh, we we went and we found the sofa that we wanted. We we made the modifications that we wanted to make, like from uh, you know having it make it also be a sofa bed, that kind of thing. Because this store that we used, they hand make all their sofas apparently, um, so they make them to your specification. Oh, that's pretty cool. And the lady at the at the sofa place, she was like, she was very adamant, and we had to sign something to be like, this will fit. Oh, that's scary. <laughs> like we will be able to deliver this. It will fit through your doors, through your hallways. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't, and they have to take it back, you pay a 20% restocking fee. Ooh, yikes. Yeah. So at first, like, it never even occurred to me. I was like, of course it will fit. But oh, then God. the fear started to set in. Oh, right? yeah. I'm getting that fear, and it's on. not even for me. So we measured the sofa in the home based on the dimensions of the website, and the sofa in our house is a lot bigger than it looked in the store. Now, from a perspective of in the room, 
it's fine. It takes up more space than we expected, but it still does what we were kind of hoping it would do, which is like we have quite a large open plan living room and we wanted to kind of break it up into a dining area and a seating area and the seating area is broken up by the fact that the sofa is huge, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a big Mm -hmm. corner sofa. It makes like its own room inside of it, right? It's kind of like the, 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 the thing we were going for. But what started to concern me was I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't confident we were going to get it through the doors and through our corner hallway. Our hallway oh, goes into goodness. a corner. Now, so the, on this day, we had woken up. We had gone to another part of London to go to the sofa store. We'd ordered that. We'd then gone to a much further part of London away to go to the um, carpeting store. Then we went to the flat. Then we decided to go back to the sofa store <laughs> to measure it again. Okay. Because the measurements on the website didn't account for everything. Uh-huh. Like they were basic measurements. They were like, these are the measurements when the sofa is put together and has the cushions on. Okay. So we decided we needed to go back and measure it and just ask a couple of other questions. And uh, and now having asked those questions and taken the measurements that we needed to take, I think they'll be able to get it in. Because it comes in pieces and they kind of assemble parts of it. Sure. Um, so it's not going to be coming in a corner and it won't have the cushions on it and it won't have the arms on it and it won't have the feet on it. And from the measurements that we took, I think we'll be able to get it through the doors okay. <laughs> you don't sound that confident. I'm I'm, I'm as confident, I think, as I would have been if they wouldn't have asked the question, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my, my confidence was shaken because... They made us sign a piece of paper that said it will fit. Mm, I right? understand that. So then I was like, that's when I started to doubt everything. But now I'm kind of just like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it'll be fine. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> but oh, I goodness. was in like absolute despair. It was kind of like the culmination for me of like every every step of this process has felt like one step forward, two steps back. Mm-hmm. You know, and and this was just a part of that. So that's understandable. So, how are you feeling overall? I mean, I know I, I can hear it in your voice that you're currently stressed, and that makes sense because there's a lot of moving parts that that are still, you know, moving, and there's a a lot of balls in the air, if you will. There's you know a lot of plates that are spinning, et cetera. Analogy, analogy, analogy. Um, are you feeling okay? Are you excited? Are you miserable? No, how are you feeling? I don't. I don't feel that great, man. That's and it's it's. It's because all we're doing is just experiencing all of the bad and none of the good. Yeah, then the good will come. It really, honestly. Yeah, will. it will. But I know it will. I know, but we don't live there. You know, like we're just doing all this stuff, and now we're like we're paying bills and and all that, and like we're not spending any time there. And and I hope that like us spending that time there over the next couple of days might, in a way, help it feel a little bit better. But but right now, all the flat is to me is just a money pit. Yeah, like I'm not. We're not getting anything out of it, and you know, as Adina keeps keeps pointing out to me, and she's a hundred percent right to do so. Like, it's it, it is our place, and we're gonna have an amazing time there. It's it's gonna be everything we wanted, and part of the reason why we're not there right now is because we're making it everything we want it to be, right? Yeah, like we have made the choice to 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 do all this stuff now, and we planned for that. And and I appreciate all of that, but this is maybe I can't remember a time of such prolonged stress in my life for many years. 
um, like just the, maybe the last, maybe the last six to eight weeks have been have been really rough for me, because it has just been one thing after another, over and over and over again, mm-hmm. and and it's not shaping up to be the ideal that I had in my mind. Like I had this fairy tale in my mind, which is never achievable. <laughs> Right, and, oh, and yeah. I know that, but like this is just something that I've worked really hard for, that we both worked really hard for, and 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 there's just been a lot of annoyance to it, you know. Like we should already be living there, but the solicitors are idiots. Sure, sure, right. So uh, like, there's all these little things, and then it's like compounded on the fact, it's like, oh great, so now we're going to pay all this money for flooring, but they can't fit it when we need it to be fit. It's like great, okay. So now we're gonna go back to the drawing board on that one, and it's just like these things just keep happening. And as time is going on, these things are happening less. Yeah. Right. Like there are less things, less bad things are happening. Mm-hmm. And the good thing is, like we're gonna to get to a point and we're gonna move in, and it's gonna be great. But I'm just struggling right now to know what that is gonna feel like, right? Because all I've known is that so far, every part of this process. That's just been a pain. Yeah. And I and I know I'm not unique in this. I know everybody goes through this, but I don't deal with I don't deal with this kind of stress and anxiety very well. Um so it's been rough. It's been rough for me. Uh and I know it's been it's been tough for Redina, but she hasn't taken it as, as hard as I have. I was about to ask how she's doing. It sounds like she's okay. I think that she's dealing with it like a regular person <laughs> and I'm dealing with it like how I deal with it. You know, yeah. which is not good. And she's been, she's been very good at talking me down. You know, like and just calming me down and just making me realize that I'm overreacting. Um, she's very good at that. It's one of uh, the best things about us is that she understands me and she knows how to deal with me. Um, but I haven't enjoyed all of this, and I, and I will, and it's going to be worth it. But like, just right now, I'm just I'm just tired, man. <laughs> Yeah, no, I don't blame you. And and this is this is to some degree normal, to some degree it's not. And I think the way it's not is that you guys are front-loading a lot of the things that most normal people do over the course of like five to ten years. You're front-loading the flooring, the painting, you know. Like take what I had said earlier. Erin has, I would say Erin and I, but it's all her, had had painted over the span of the first few years we were in the house, whereas you just did it in one shot. And sure, you you had somebody to come in to do it, but you still have all that decision-making. You have to pay for it. You have to pay a lot more for it than, than we had to because we only needed materials. You needed labor as well. You're front-loading mm-hmm. so much of this and making it very challenging for yourselves. But the advantage of doing it that way is that when all is said and done in presumably just a month or two, there really shouldn't be much left to be done. And you will have what is for all intents and purposes, the perfect home already. That was why we did this. That was why this was our plan, right? It was that when we move in, we move into our home. Like that that was the idea behind this. And Mm -hmm. and I think that that will realize itself. Um, But what I think I at least didn't anticipate was just how difficult that was going to be. Yeah, yeah. Especially because we're under a time crunch that we shouldn't have been and we weren't expecting. So yeah, I can totally understand that. All right, let's take a break and then let's finally talk about the thing that everybody actually wants us to talk about. Uh, all right, let's take the break and then I'll figure out a way to dodge that, that conversation. <laughs> 
This week's episode is brought to you by Linode, a combination of high-performance SSD Linux servers spread across eight data centers around the world, makes Linode a fantastic solution for your server infrastructure. You can get a server up and running in under a minute with plans starting at just $10 a month, which will now get you two gigabytes of RAM for your virtual server. You'll be able to choose your resources, Linux distro, and node location right from the manager tool. And once you're up and running, you can easily deploy, boot, and resize your virtual server with just a few clicks. Linode servers offer industry-leading native SSD storage, powerful Intel E5 processors, which are the fastest you can get in the cloud market, and access to a 40 gigabit network with multiple levels of redundancy. They have an API that allows you to easily automate tasks or develop custom applications in the cloud, and all of Linode's pricing tiers feature hourly billing with a monthly cap on all plans and add-on services like backups and note balancers. As a listener of this show, if you sign up at Linode dot com slash analog that's l-i-n-o-d-e dot com slash analog and of course that's the correct spelling a-n-a-l-o-g-u-e you'll not only be supporting us you'll also be getting twenty dollars towards any linode plan with a seven day a seven day money back guarantee there's nothing to lose as well you can just try it out and if you don't like it you'll get your money back so go to linode.com slash analog to learn more sign up and take advantage of that twenty dollar credit or use the promo code analog20 at checkout. Thank you so much to Linode for their support of this show and Relay FM. So when we recorded last week, it was mm. uh, Tuesday the... Or I'm sorry, it was two weeks ago, so it was Tuesday the 8th. And What a mistake, huh? Ugh, no, I actually don't think it was in a lot of ways. Well, yeah, it worked out a lot better than, than having to have that conversation, but Ugh. I think the mistake was... I'll say this. I'll speak for me. I think that we were both um, we were both quietly confident that that Hillary Clinton was going to become the president. Yep. I, I was. I don't know if I'd go so far as to stay confident, but I did. I had doubt. Yeah. See, I, I I definitely thought that would be the eventual outcome, but I was getting I was getting a little bit of an ill feeling, but only the teeniest, tiniest bit. I'm not trying to say I'm freaking Nostradamus and I knew it was going to happen. I did not think that this was going to be the result, but I was starting to get nervous. I had the Brexit is going to come up quite a bit in this conversation. I had the same feelings that I had in the Brexit vote where I was like, there is a possibility that this might happen, but I know that logic will prevail. Mm-hmm. Now, before I go any further, it's to state our own personal views here. Both me and Casey did not want Donald Trump to become the president of the United States of America. You may have, and if you did, I want to say right now, I'm sure you have reasons that are valid for you. And if you believe in those reasons, who am I to tell you that you're wrong? Right? I don't agree with Donald Trump as a man. Uh, I don't agree with the platform that he ran on. But I know that there are people that do. And some of the things that I've been reading and watching since the election have indicated to me that there are more reasons that people voted for Donald Trump than just because they're racist or sexist or misogynist. There are people that are overlooking those things that are about Donald Trump's platform because there is a reason that that they voted for him that they think that we will benefit them. And I can't tell you that you were wrong to do that. Um, I can tell you that I believe that that your choice may be misinformed or I believe that your choice may have been misguided. But if you made that vote and you're happy with it, then then that is your choice. That is what democracy is all about. 
But I, I feel like I have to say that before we continue talking because there will be a lot of language that me and Casey use here which will be talking about how we feel because I think it was stupid if you vote for Trump, but that's my own bias. Yeah, I think you said that well. Um, so this is a very this is a very tough thing. So I stayed up until about one in the morning, maybe a little later, watching these results. And not too long, maybe an hour or two after we finished recording, so maybe like nine or ten in the evening, it was becoming apparent to me that things were not going the way I wanted them to. And I was getting more and more deeply concerned that that America would make what I felt to be unequivocally a grievous mistake. And what's frustrating about this election is I, so I, I, I'm struggling with how much I want to discuss how I personally feel in general. So I generally, I've made the disclaimer now, Yeah, yeah. like that's as much as we can do. You may as well just let rip. Yeah. So I, come from a very liberal background, and I tend to start from a liberal point of view, but as I get older, I think I lean closer and closer to the center. But unequivocally, I start from a liberal point of view, without question. Um, I have yet to see in my lifetime as a voter, and if you're not from America, you can start voting uh, once you're, once you're, is it 18 or 21? I wanted to say 21. Now I'm having, now I'm having a brain fart, but Sometime between 18 and 21. I'm so embarrassed. I don't know this off the top of my head. It's been I so assume long. it's 18 because then it, it makes is. your alcohol laws even more ridiculous. Yes, I think you're right. Yes, I think you're right. So I, I don't know why I didn't remember that. God, I'm so embarrassed. Anyway, um, so since I turned 18, I, I, I cannot remember a Republican that I found to be particularly um, well, that, that, that I found to be worth voting for. But even though... I didn't like, for example, George W. Bush. I didn't. I was concerned with where I thought he would take our country. I didn't genuinely fear for our country. And maybe mm-hmm. if you were to listen to a tape recording of Casey in you know 2000, maybe Casey in 2000 would be saying, oh, my God, I'm so scared for where George W. Bush might take our country. <laughs> like, who knows? But. Sitting here now, I don't feel like I was scared, like genuinely, genuinely scared. I was concerned. I was not scared. I think for me, it's like, no matter what I believe that someone like George W. Bush would do, I at least believed he knew what he was doing with his choice. For the most part, I would agree, yeah. If his choice was that he wanted to start wars, he knew he was doing that. I don't believe Donald Trump knows what he's doing enough to actually make any kind of decision rationally. I I completely agree. I had originally tried to console myself with the idea that the platform that he decided to run on may have been to swing for votes. I don't think that that I don't think I believe that anymore. I think that that was me trying to just clutch onto something. I think fundamentally he just didn't doesn't know what he's doing. He just has no idea what he's doing. That's kind of my overall feeling about oh, Donald I, Trump. He I, just I has no idea what he's doing. And I think and, I, I genuinely in my heart I don't think he really wanted to win. I don't think this was the outcome he really wanted. I'm not clear what he did want because I don't. I wouldn't say necessarily he wanted to make a lot of money. Right. I don't think he necessarily wanted to lose either. But I think he was going to to 
to segue this campaign into something else. And now Trump that, TV. Right. Like maybe Trump TV. Who knows? But now that that isn't a thing anymore, now that he's going to be president, like, uh, and And the thing is, so I'm, I'm deeply, genuinely, deeply concerned for what this means for America. And, and it's tough because I grew up relatively well off. I grew up relatively close, generally speaking, to a big city and for a lot of my life to New York City. I grew up with a family that worked very hard to to instill in my brothers and I that every kind of person deserves all of your respect, not just some of it, but all of it, until they give you reason not to, not to deserve it, but you know what I mean. Um, and we never had we never had to deal with what felt like foreigners in our government and i can understand say if you were from not near a city if you were from an area far away from a city where your values are contrary to the values that a lot of city dwellers have, how you would feel like you haven't had a government for decades because it's all the the fancy schmancy city people or whatever. Um, I don't. I, I hope I don't come across. I don't. I hope I'm not being offensive. I don't mean it that way at all. I, what I'm trying to say is, I can understand. I can understand how Trump would be appealing. And truth be told, when Trump first announced his candidacy, Aaron and I looked at each other and said, "You know what? Having having someone that isn't a career politician." That may not be so bad. I might be able to get behind that. And then he opened his mouth, and and then everything changed. But for a fleeting right, because moment, there has been a history of some people that I think are liked. You know, I think that Arnold Schwarzenegger mostly was was liked as the governor of California. I think he was okay. I don't think that anyone. Well, I don't. I, I think he was at least okay. Nobody reacted to him. They sure, reacted to Trump. I don't sure. think. And and so. For a fleeting moment, I can understand why this would be appealing, why not having another Clinton or another Bush in the White House, why that would be appealing. But once the man opened his mouth, it was readily apparent that he either is not intelligent or is doing a good job of saying unintelligent things. It's clear to me, it's viscerally clear to me, abundantly clear like this is not up for debate that he very rarely made a statement about anything during his entire campaign it was all double speak and cross talk and nothing of substance for months for a year and a half and what's troubling for me is i'm having a hard time reconciling how any human being of any background could look at him after he became, after we learned more about him, could look at him and say, that's the the man I want to lead this country. And once it became abundantly obvious that he is a racist, that he is an anti-Semite, that he's xenophobic, that he hates Muslims, that he hates Jews, that he hates women, that he hates women. Leave aside the Jews and the Muslims and everyone else. He hates women. How how a human being who presumably came out of a woman at some point could vote for a man that just abundantly, obviously hates women so much? How is that possible? And the thing is, for a moment... I can put my head in a place 
I think, where I can empathize with someone who would vote for Trump, who would say, you know what, screw the government the way it works today, because quite frankly, it doesn't work today. Let's, as they say, drain that swamp. Let's get rid of the people that are in there and let's get just fresh blood. And for a moment, I think to myself, you know what, I'm, I'm behind that. That actually sounds pretty good. But then you hear the things that he says. And what I can't get past, what I keep coming back to is, how do you look at a man? And let's just stick with women just being the sexist pig. How do you, how do you look at this man who's such a sexist pig and say, you know what? He is a sexist pig, but I cannot come up with a but that makes the beginning of that sentence okay. He's a sexist pig, but emails, come on. He's a sexist pig, but corruption. Have you seen what the first 20 days of his uh, president-elect, whatever you call it, his 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 uh, transition, that's what they keep calling it, the transition. Have you seen the first 10 or 20 days of the transition? I mean, he's obvious. He's admitted to corruption. Like, I just, I, well, you know, he is a sexist pig, but I, I challenge someone to come up with an end to that sentence that is okay. And if you, listener, can end that sentence with something and make that and look yourself in the mirror and that's okay, well, I mean, good for you, I guess, but I cannot fathom a universe. I cannot fathom a fucking universe where that shit makes sense. I just can't. I cannot get my mind around it. And I was not the biggest fan of Hillary Clinton. I have problems with some of the things that she has said and done, but my word, how do you end the sentence, he's a sexist pig, comma, but blank, how do you possibly end that sentence? How do you, as a man, look to your to your wife or girlfriend, if that's your persuasion, or if not, your mother and say, well, mom, he's a sexist pig, but how do you finish that sentence? And for women, how, how is this a thing? How is this possible? Like, it just doesn't fucking make sense to me, Mike. I don't get it. One thing that I can't help but keep coming back to is that for every person like me and you, there are people on the other side. Almost one-to-one. And it tells me something. Yeah, it tells me I don't know my own damn country. Well, it's not even just your country, is it, really? You know, like, Mm -hmm. I went through... I mean, Brexit has a lot of parallels, but I I think that maybe this is worse. I I don't know. Um, But there, there are definitely a lot of parallels here. A lot of the undertones are the same. Yeah, and there's this guy. There was this guy on the internet um, that wrote a few tweets that I actually made a, a storyify, storyify, however you pronounce it. Of mm-hmm. um, this guy's name, uh, he spells it funny. It's Mike with a Y. Mm-hmm. Mike Hurley. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's Mike Hurley. I'm not sure. Um, I, I, I. All I know is when I woke up, um, I felt very much like how I felt after the Brexit vote, which has got to be and- freaking terrible. That here it is, us idiots are now making you relive this nightmare. Well, it meant that I knew how to deal with it a little bit better because I'd already been through a lot of those emotions once already. Um, well, so what did you say? Do you do you have that link handy? Because it would be great to hear it in your own word, in your own voice. All right. So again, this is like super dumbed down. Um, 
because it's tweets. But So I said, I have no idea if this will help, but I'm going to try anyway. The morning after Brexit felt very much like this for everyone affected. The UK is worse off in many ways, economically, politically and socially. We've taken a step back to a time that we had all thought had passed. But the feeling of dread that I had, the feeling that you are now having it passed, you remember to get back to doing what you do best because that's all you can do, to be the best version of yourself that you can be and to hopefully encourage others to be the same. Uh, the feeling that you're having right, the feeling that you're having right now should ease off uh, and it will be replaced by a new feeling, knowing that you can never let this happen again. So there was a lot of like, what I was attempting to do in this was to just try and make people feel better. So there are a lot of things in there that are like, I'm, and I was just kind of like trying to provide some kind of inspiration to people. Um, but there are things in there that, that are difficult because frankly, like the feeling that you had on that day, that has gone, but it's been replaced by a new feeling, right? Yeah. It's like that feeling of whatever that feeling was of the the first day, that was the first day of the grieving process. And now you're going through other parts of it. Yeah. I mostly feel indifferent about Brexit now um, because I can, I can sit and and, and wonder and wait for this thing to happen and wonder and wait for what that's going to be like. Or I can just wait and see what actually happens, right? And I, and I think that's a lot of the thing with Trump is like we will have these real beliefs of all these terrible things that he's going to do, and for quite good reason. But but I know for me personally, I can't sit and think about that all the time. Like, yeah, I have to get on with it. I have to get on with my life and then deal with things if and how I will, when I will, and how I will. Right? Like I just know myself, and for myself, for my own well-being. I can't sit and think about Donald Trump all the time. I just no, can't do it because I, I won't get agree. anything done. And yeah. I have a life to live. Yeah, I completely agree with you. But the thing of it is, is that, and, and, and maybe this is, um, you know, my, my, my Jewish and Catholic heritage coming out, but I feel really guilty that because I feel the same way. I feel like, you know, I'm just gonna have to put my head down and just continue with my life and, and just worry about the thing, the people that are around me. But then I feel guilty for that because I won the, gen- I won the genetic lottery. I'm a, cisgendered straight right. white I'm not man, I'm you know? not necessarily saying that you only get on and care about the people that are around you what I mean is that you have a life to lead and you can lead that but I believe that people if they genuinely believe that something different should be done here should do something about it but the thing that they shouldn't be doing is just spending all of their time fretting yeah I completely agree right you can Put your money where your mouth is. You can put your feet on the streets. You can write a magazine for people to read, right? Which tries to do something to try and help things. Um, but my my fundamental thing is that, like, you have to get on with something, no matter what it is, right? Yeah. That that's kind of my feeling about this. Is my feeling about Brexit is like, there's nothing I can do with this, right? And. <laughs> And I can't, I can't change. I can't change this vote. I have my vote, and my vote didn't help. So now I have to wait and see what happens. And then, depending on what actually happens in this country, because again, it's different because we don't actually know what's going to happen yet. That's when I may or may not speak up and do something and actually try and affect some change. You know, like if I'm somewhere in the U.S. right now, like if I live in New York and there's a there's a protest, I'd go walk in the protest. 
because yeah. it's something that I would believe in. Mm-hmm. You know, like giving money to the charities involved in this that that will help people's lives better. I thoroughly believe in that, right? Like, and I think that that's something that people should find the causes that need their money and give them that. You know, it can be tricky for me trying to donate to charities in the U.S., but I do it. And and I think that that's the kind of thing that people need to understand what they want to do. But fundamentally, I just think for your own well-being, for your own health, you have to to try and get on with your life the best way that you can. But yep. I don't. Th- but but what I don't think that people should do is pretend that this isn't happening. Yep, yep, it's so true. And and yeah, the whole wait and see thing is troubling because on the one side, yeah, I mean, this is even though I don't feel like he's my president, the reality of the situation is he's my president, and he's not the president you chose, right? But he's the one you get, right? And so on the one side, this wait and see attitude, I can sort of understand that because yeah, I mean, who knows what'll do? But even in the ten or fifteen, however many days it's been since he has become the president elect. Virtually every single thing that he could possibly do has been something I disagree with in a way that no other presidential candidate or president right. in the in the past has been. And great. so now you need to decide what you want to do with that, right? And so there's this unbelievably great website that is chock full of the f word, and it's holy f now what? And then the URL is holy f the rest of it, theelection.com. We'll put a link in the show notes. This is not the sort of thing I would be looking at at work. But it says, first things first, are you okay? I need an F in minute. Or I'm ready to F stuff up. And if you click, I'm ready to F stuff up, then, and what I love about this is it says, well, what's on your mind? And there's different things, you know, is it LGBTQ stuff? Is it racism, et cetera? And then the next question it asks is, well, what can you spare money or time? And personally, I feel like I can spare money easier, more easily than I can spare time. And so even though Aaron and Aaron and I try to, um, to, to give money where we can. And in like when Steven does the St. Jude, um, fundraiser, that's a great example where we always donate, but, uh, Aaron and I have planned and haven't had the chance yet, but plan to talk to each other about considerably increasing our charitable giving to some of these, um, sorts of organizations that will defend against the the actions that our future president probably will do. And you know what? What's the worst thing that happens? He doesn't do these terrible things, and we've still donated to a great cause. Oh shucks, that's too bad. So, all right. So there's your thing, right? But there is that that is what you're doing, and I think that it's important that people understand what they want to do if they want to do anything, because you don't have to. Yeah. Right. Like this is the mm-hmm. life that you choose to live. The reason that Donald Trump is the president is because people chose to live their lives a certain way. Right. And and I think that's important to remember. Like, if if you are not the type of person that wants to help other people, like, that's your life, man. Like, I believe it's important. But what one of the things that I have learned in 2016 is that I can't assume that everybody thinks the way that I do. <laughs> yeah. Because they don't. Yep. But but it, it keeps me coming back to like, what is the balanced view of this? Like, I can't force people to do what I want, and I shouldn't expect it. Yep, I agree. But but I'm just trying to understand. Like, I know that for every one of me, there's there's an opposite. And and why does that person feel that way? And and I'm just I'm just interested in in understanding what that is. Not because I think that in finding out that reason will change my opinions, because it won't. I'm I'm intrigued by it. Yeah. Now, there's one other thing that I want to talk about 
before mm-hmm. we wrap up today because I think that this is very important. Um, and that is the way that we consume social media. Mm-hmm. So I have spoken many times in the past about the fact that uh, I do not read the news. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason that I do not read the news is for my own well-being. Because, you know, I think the theme of this episode has been Mike explores a little bit of these anxiety problems with the listeners, <laughs> which is something that I try not to talk about too much, but it is a real problem that I have in my life, um, is anxiety. So one of the things that I try and do is to not think about the fact that there is nuclear weapons in the world. Mm-hmm. I try not to think about the fact that there are murders that happen on the streets every day. Like, I try not to think about those things. Because I don't want to. Because if I think about those things, I won't leave the house anymore, right? I need to not put a lot of that stuff in my head. I, I Every now and then, a new story will get in and it will consume me. You know, is a reason that I was awake until 5 in the morning and then every 20 minutes when the election was happening. Mm-hmm. I woke up every 20 minutes to check the... Just, I wasn't trying to do this. Yeah. Just my body kept jolting me awake. Oh, yeah, I got virtually no sleep that night. So, you know, I tried to to limit the amount of this stuff that I take in and the really important stuff, the truly earth-shattering, really big stuff breaks through the barriers for me. People will talk to me about it. I will see people referencing things without just sharing links. You know, like, it ends up that I find out this stuff because... I can't think of a time in the last two or three years where like a huge world event has occurred and I haven't known what it was, right? But what I don't find out about is like the intricacies of X and Y and Z because of the way that they make me feel. I try and block them out. So I did a couple of things. For two days, I put a mute filter on Twitter, which muted the space character. So that muted pretty much everything? Except replies. Huh. Because... I noticed that Twitter was just making me sad because everyone was sad. Everyone still is, but yes, I agree with you. It was really worse for the... Oh, you know, sure. This was sure. like for the two days preceding the election. And then I make, I think also for a bit of the weekend as well. So it was more like I wasn't necessarily looking at taking a break from Twitter, but I just didn't want to read my timeline. Because a base level of anxiety is just not a good thing for me to have. And right now, I have a lot going on in my life. And those problems are big for me. They're not the biggest problems in the world, but they're big for me. And adding all of that up, was I could tell that it was having a detrimental effect to my mental health. Yeah. So I decided to stop looking at that. And now... Um, I am considering some long-term solutions to balance news and unoverwhelmedness. Uh, and one of the things that I've done is I'm starting to put some mute filters in place. Um, I have muted the word Trump. I probably should, to be honest with you. Um, and I've uh, there are some filters that I have muted, like some keywords that I have muted permanently, some related things, um, hate speech type things. There's things that I don't want to see. Uh, and I have I have not permanently muted Trump, but it is on a time period. And I'll probably keep putting it on that time period until there's a little bit more of a balance where uh, the things that I would be seeing are actually news stories and, and not just people talking about how they feel. 
because frankly, I know how I feel. How I feel is the way a lot of people I follow feel. Yeah, yeah. So I don't need to keep being reminded of that. Now, if you want to wallow in this, and I don't mean that in a negative way, like if the way that you feel better is to share this stuff and to talk about this stuff and consume more of this stuff, that is the way you should look after yourself. I know that's the wrong thing for me. You know, I've been seeing the the, the phrase self-care a lot recently, and it wasn't something that I knew a lot about, and, and I think it has some negative connotations as being applied to millennials. Uh, I keep seeing this every now and then when I've been looking around about self-care and it's something that I'm starting to realize that that's that's what I'm doing for myself I am I am taking steps in my life to look after myself uh, and this is just something that I will recommend to people that like if you are feeling particularly overwhelmed because a lot of the places that you frequent on the internet are sad right now just try and think about ways that you can make that a little bit better for yourself like maybe there is a specific topic that you keep seeing and all it's doing you is make you feel sad, then I will recommend that you do the thing that you think you can do that can help it and then stop looking at it. Yeah, I agree. And and I'm not, I'm not sure what how I'm going to how I'm going to handle this, but I agree with you that seeing it constantly on Twitter is not helpful for me and is making me sad. Um no, I don't think that everybody should live their lives this way. No, 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 I agree. Because then nothing will get done. But there are certain people, myself included, who can't live their life that way. I can't. I, I cannot live my life reading people being sad and reading things that scare me because then I can't live my life. Like It's not something that I can do because I, I don't function properly. Uh, so I recommend that people try and listen to themselves, listen to the, their bodies, and listen to their minds, and try and work out how they want to go forward. Uh, I recommend following the Twitter account at TinyCareBot. I've not heard it of just, this. It tweets these things every now and then. It's It's very cute. I like it a lot, and it just does things like Take a moment to breathe. Please remember to take some time to take a deep breath. Take time to stretch your arms high above your head, please. Remember <laughs> to take a second to stretch, please. That's funny. I I love it, and it's it's making a a uh, a, ver- a nice break in my Twitter feed to remind me to do these things. So I know I'm going to ups- have upset people. I know there are people that think that I'm wrong. There are and people that too. think yeah, you're yeah. wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are people, I'm sure, that will think that I'm I'm not doing enough, and I'm sure that there are people who think that I just need to to grow up. But this is how I feel, yeah. and I can't change that. And I'm trying to do things that make me better. And uh, I hope that people do the same. Yeah, I completely agree. Before we go, I have one quick question for you, though. What was it like? watching this from across the pond because i i would assume were it not for brexit it would be just a bunch of eye rolling and oh god here the dumb americans go again but having just been through brexit i don't think you guys can really be smug about this so what was it like it like maybe not for you personally because you've already discussed that but like on a general level what was it like for you to watch all this go down 
the you is in your country. There is an element of like, what did you do? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right, and 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 it's like the same. So I I think that even though we made a dumb mistake, I still feel like we wouldn't have done this. And I'm sure that this is a, a, an element of national pride that the Americans felt looking at Brexit. Oh, yeah, we thought, these idiots, no way we yeah. would be that stupid. Uh, you know, and I, I personally feel that this is a whole different level of stupid. Um, but, you know... I I look at it having been through it, and re- this is this is why I keep coming back to this idea of like, there are people that aren't me. Mm-hmm. There are people that don't think the way that I think. There are people that don't follow the Twitter accounts that I follow. There are people that don't have the Facebook friends that I have. There are other people, right? So I keep coming back to this. Like that, and I think that this is what is abundantly clear to me, is there are people that voted for us to leave the European Union based on what I consider to be propaganda. Yeah, yeah. There are people that voted for Donald Trump for the same reason. But they don't think it's propaganda. They think the reason that I voted the way that I did and the reason that you voted the way that you did is propaganda. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you. I believe vehemently in what I think is right and wrong. So do they. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you're absolutely right, and and I can't wrap my mind around how, but you know what? They're probably saying the same about us. And so that is that. This is just the thing that I keep coming back to. I think I know right and wrong, and I think that the things that I consider to be right and wrong are just perfectly clear. Like women are equal to men. Yep. It doesn't matter where you come from in the world or what religion you have. You should be equal. I believe these things to be abundantly clear. Yep. There are people that don't. Yep. That's what they believe. And I that's all I know. I'm not I'm not casting judgment on that one way or the other, but this is the thing that I keep coming back to is there are other people who think differently to me. I can't do anything with that information, but 2016 has made that abundantly clear to me. So weird. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But God, it just, it's, it's just, it's, it's so tough because it doesn't seem like there's a, well, it depends on how you look at it or, well, you know, it's just this, this is the way it is that women are equal to men. In fact, mo- almost every woman I've ever met is better than almost every man I've ever met. So it's not, I don't even know if it's right to say we're equal, but be that as it may. Um, it's, you know, it's like I look at so many things that seem to have been making real progress, you know, like that your orientation, didn't seem to matter seem to matter less right your sexual orientation seemed to matter less and the fact that men and women could get married to other men and women you know that mm-hmm. it seemed like that there have been real strides in like gender identification uh, and what it meant to be transgender and the rights that you got like it really felt to me like 2016 was seeing change in these areas yeah yeah it turns out but then I wonder, like, was I just reading the news that showed me that? Yeah. This is this is what I'm struggling to get my head around. There is a whole other world out there, which is not mine. 
and yet we're all sharing it. Yeah, exactly. It's 2016, man. Right in the ear. <laughs>